Welcome, Welcome to, to the Better, Better Call Daddy Show. This is Big Daddy. Oh my God, that's hysterical. You're not going to believe this. Oh, oh my God. God. Five stars. Five and a half stars. Papa. My dad is my hero. Grandpa, are you ready? I love a good happy ending. Oh boy. Hey, hey, The phony baloney. And a tit for tatter. Hey, a lot of these things, I don't know where you're getting them from. It sounds like they're coming from when I look in the mirrors. Damn the public. Damn the public. <laughs> Inner strength comes from not yelling when your kids are making noise in the background. Truthfully, inner strength comes from within. Today, we are talking to Monica Sewell. She's a rowdy Jesus girl. Monica, welcome. Oh my God. So it has been longer than I realized since we talked. It's really been a minute. Everything was happening all at once, really from the start of 2020 all the way up until about May. And, you know, it was a whirlwind. And at that season, I was coaching part-time, you know, meeting people on LinkedIn, just telling my story, putting, you know, you were one of those people and things just started to come my way, podcasts and this or that and clients and all of this. And then here comes COVID. And I think when COVID came, it was an opportunity for all of us to do sort of a hard reset. And I was one of those. And so in May, the company I had been working for, they did a mass layoff and I was a part of it. And I'm going to say this, and I know a lot of people are like, but listen, I really believe that some of us stronger than others have sort of what we would say in the church, an anointing. We know we have a knowing that things are coming to an end. And I just felt that. I felt it was coming. I was very gracious. And even though they've asked me to come back, I just kind of knew that it was it was time to move on at that season and that chapter had closed. And so it was a blessing because that happened at the top of May. And then less than 35 days later, my father died. I'm his only daughter and he wasn't in my life a lot. Right. And um, he was kind of in and out. And I honestly, that did more damage, I think, than anything, because you kind of get used to someone and then they leave. And then it was a difficult thing to go through. But I think that when you grow up without a father, in your life, you kind of mourn him already, right? So it's just kind of, you've already kind of gotten through that. You've gotten through the forgiveness process. At least that was my story. And then my sons and I have two boys, you know, who I homeschool and we had been living in a house and it was being sold. And so all of this is happening in 90 days. It's like, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, we're going to take a life pause. (laughs) We're not going to respond to anything. We're not doing anything. We literally need to breathe. And I'm going to tell you, Raina, like it's the number one thing I recommend to my clients simply because it allows you to think. And I realized that ever since I was 16, I'm now 37, I had never even stopped to really just pause and think it's always go, 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 get the real estate license, get this certification, get this, da, 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 put yourself through college, blah, 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 blah. I've been a mom since I was 21. So it's just like, go, 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 go. And I literally kind of broke down and said, I have never rested before. What is this? What, you know, so that's what I had been doing and just really thinking about how I want it to be, you know, because who you be is greater than what you do. 
So I just really wanted to come back to Monica, kind of cut off a lot of not toxic relationships, but relationships that weren't going to take me to the next level of just peace and rest and just, you know, really showing up authentically and, and being able to unleash. And now I didn't have this corporate shield over me. Like now I can just like, you know, that's some bullshit. You know what I mean? And then just relaunching who I am, you know, which is just the purpose coach and just helping people to figure out why they were born, figure out their unique talents and gifts, and then walk that out so that we can leave a lasting legacy. That's who you be, huh? That's who I be, huh? <laughs> yes. See, I knew you would get it. I love it. Yeah. Yep. I feel it. Yeah, yeah. I made a conscious decision that I just wasn't going to show up in the world talking about politics, talking about my skin color. I wasn't going to show up doing any of that because I can tell you this that, you know, who Monica is doesn't need sort of an additive attached to it. And I get it. I'm not diminishing anyone else's story. And I honor and respect everyone who has a story to tell attached to that. But that's just not me. I've always been able to walk into a room and dominate it because I'm good. And so that's what I kind of coach to that God is giving you these unique talents, these unique skills, these unique abilities, and it surpasses any other thing that society may place on you and that you can come out of that when you know that because there's a confidence that comes like I know nobody's going to out coach me I really know that I am the best coach especially for female founders and CEOs and executives and especially if you're a Christian one of those because I know that that's my call that's why I'm here and when you know that you don't care if, if other people want to be like oh my gosh she's a black female that's cool but I don't show up that way I show up as the key kids that's how we roll so that's kind of the way that I coach and you know I think that coming out of 2020 with that mindset has allowed me to walk into this season now saying listen <laughs> you're so special like let's be about that and not any of those other things so welcome to life with Monica <laughs> that's amazing I want to know what that pause was like it was difficult because I never had done it before. You know, you've taken a vacation, but you're still kind of tapped into your work. You say you're not going to be on social media, but you're still kind of scrolling through, especially in election year. I mean, you just want to know every juicy bit that's going on. At least that's my story. It was really, really painful, I would have to say as well, because it was also that coming to Jesus moment where I realized that the things that I was coaching, I wasn't being, you know, I tell my clients, take a pause, take a break, go to the beach, da, 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 da. but I wasn't doing that. I wasn't pouring into Monica. So it was very difficult and it was painful and I had to deal with myself, you know, coming out of it. What I realized is, is that it was so important to live in the flow. And there are some days where I have 40 things to do quite literally little things and I I'm just jam on me and my coffee then the next few days I breathe I breathe because that's when my creative comes out so it wasn't easy quite frankly but coming out of it I realized the importance of doing that did you have more than one day with nothing on your calendar yeah I did and I think that was so hard for me like it was just like uh okay made breakfast what are we doing now <laughs> you know and it was really taking a walk and smelling the roses and really breathing and not having anywhere to be. There was no one to call. There was no one to coach. 
it was just me and my thoughts. And so I did a lot of writing during that time, rekindled that. Um, I've always been a big journaler and really, really dug into that and just allowed myself to kind of get messy, right? And just be like, did I give somebody control over my career? Like I just started like venting, you know, and getting it out. So yeah, it was, it was murky, murky waters, Raina. <laughs> Do you feel like you were able to get clarity on something that you haven't been able to before? Yeah. There's this lie, I think, that's being told that in order to be successful, you have to hustle, 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 grind, 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 fill your schedule with all these things. And I say the absolute opposite. I say, really, for me, it's, you know, my language for it would be being led by the Holy Spirit, being led in the flow of what needs to be accomplished today. And sometimes that's just walking through sentence structure with my son, Caleb, right? And cooking a really darn good meal, <laughs> you know, and other days it's more tactical things for my business. And so what I learned is, is that you don't have to be really busy in order to be successful, that you really can just flow and vibe. And it's not sort of this millennial whimsical thing, but it really is important to breathe and also to know what you're moving towards. Like if someone else's, you know, definition of success Maybe to have a seven-figure business. Yours may be to make $250,000 a year and only have four clients. Well, you don't need a massive funnel or big machine or all this stuff to do it. And so I, I really was fuzzy on that, quite frankly, because I was like, I needed all the things, right? I need this, pump it in the background, of course. How am I going to, oh, Grant Cardone says, be a big deal, be a big deal, talk, talk, talk. And I was just like, that's just not Monica. I hold really powerful conversations with people. And when that happens, I change lives, period. There is an endless supply of those people who need me, right? Because I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a reason. And so I reversed that lie because I was really looking for clarity around that. Like, why do I have to do all this stuff? Like, I'm going to post about me wearing a purple suit in the fourth grade and it's going to hit the right people and my clients are out there and boom that's how we're going to roll period that was the number one thing that I really got clarity around is that you don't have to be all these things to different people and do all these different machines and be so busy to be successful you want to one find yourself two define what you want in life and then you plan your business and your career around that right? And that's what the immeasurable life is about. That's a successful, well-lived life. How are you going to take that pause and include it in your fire? I do because I am such a visionary and, you know, like ideas, ideas, ideas. I do have a physical notebook that I, before I go to bed, I write down what I need to accomplish and all of that. And some days I say, stretch and breathe for 45 minutes. And I literally close all of my, like everything is shut down. And sometimes I even get in the shower and put on my pajamas just for that 45 minutes, just to breathe. Because I know that I have a heavy pour, right? Like you're talking and I just reset. So I literally schedule that pause into my days and I'm learning to schedule it into my weeks as well so that I can give all of me and, and be on fire because this is just the way I roll, right? But you can't pour from an empty cup. You've got to make that time. And for me, it's just scheduling it. Did your daddy play into your pause? Yes, because I was so grieved that, 
you know, you start thinking about all those memories. I just remember some of the things he used to say and just like, he called me, my middle name is Sheree and he, he called me Monica Sheree and he was a really great cook. And I was grieved that he didn't show up fully who he was supposed to be in life and that nobody really knew about him. He didn't live a legendary life. And I'm not talking about a life with his name on a billboard, but he just didn't decide to be great. It made me say like, okay, what do I want my sons to always say about me? And just really get clear on just my pillars in life, my bright lines and how I was going to live like a really powerful life. Girl, I am the comeback bounce back queen. Okay. I've been through some stuff. Okay. I know I don't look like it. I want to know about that stuff. stuff. I'm so intrigued because I love your fire and I feel it so much. How did you get there? The Bible talks about we have gifts, right? And a lot of us have, you know, an extra measure of faith. For example, I'm on that line. Like I just know, like I will be crying about something, but I'm like, God is going to come through. And he does. I just, there are some of us who have an extra measure of something. And I know that I have it, but to be honest with you, I would say the resilience piece is a skill set, and you can learn to bounce back from anything. And so my story has been, we think about Moses, right? Who did all these incredible things for God. He did all of these powerful things and God really used him, right? He led his people out of Egypt. He stood up for his people. He was, you know, like the first judge. He, we saw frogs jumping out, plagues. And I mean, God really used him. God gave him the 10 commandments, you know, which is still a God for our life today. And yet when Moses died, the Bible says, and then Moses died and that was it. Right. And it was, you've got 30 days to mourn Moses, Israelites, because Joshua and Caleb, I need them to go to the promised land. And so I've always just had that mentality. Like you have a set amount of time to grieve this and then we're on, you know, and it's not that you're going to not think about it and be like, wow, you know, you know, remember it. But you getting laid off, I remember I got laid off and I was talking to a coworker. It happened on a Wednesday. And I told her she was really grieved about it. She had also been laid off. And I said, girl, I'm not thinking about this past Sunday. Like, this is done for me. Like, this this is done for me. Like, it's done. It's over. I'm not talking to anybody else from, from my company. You know, they were all reaching out. And I was like, this is done. And I think what it is, is you give yourself a set amount of time to grieve. Because here's what. You can't manage time. You can manage your activities around the time. And so if you say, all right, that was really crappy. That person broke my heart. They fired me. They laid me off. Whatever is going on in life, whatever it is, you can bounce back. But you have to give yourself a set amount of time to grieve that thing. And then we need to spring into action, right? We need to figure out what we're going to do to replace the house. We need to figure out what we're going to do to launch the business or go back to work. And then we have to keep it moving and you give yourself space to mourn, right? Like, don't just be like, I used to do that all the time. Like, man, that was crappy. And then try to bounce back in five minutes. And then what it did was it made me kind of like a walking time bomb because I could be triggered easily by something. Right. And so now I just really give myself time to grieve it. Like if there's someone who is walking out of my life, then I let them leave. I don't chase them and I grieve it. And I say, wow, they're incredible. And because I believe that God has something special for every person on the earth, I I just bless them and I move on. The key to the 
comebacks. The first step is to really give yourself permission to grieve. And then two, you're going to give yourself a set time to grieve. And then once you do that, then you can start planning what your next moves are. Did you have like a grief counselor or someone that you could lean on? No, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't. And I recommend it. And listen, I'm not trying to be superwoman here, but I do believe, and I know a lot of coaches are going to get triggered when I say this. I do believe in self-coaching and I do believe that, you know, that you are able to heal um, and move on on your own. Um, Because I have had instances that have really affected me and I have had a coach or I did have someone to talk to in the past this season of my life I didn't need it because I knew what to do to move forward my faith is very very strong like I know that God is going to move me past it I know that all is well in the end and if it's not well it's not the end how did you get there with God going through a lot of shit Honestly, I, and I know people, but I'm telling you, I don't think you can really have a testimony without a test. Starting off with those childhood wounds and looking for that love and affection and attention through jobs and titles and all of that. And once I started to really acquire some of those things, I still wasn't whole. I still wasn't complete. You know, in my twenties, God was just really on this relentless pursuit of me. And I started to go on mission trips. I started to really get involved in the church. You know, I did a lot of work down in Haiti and I was just seeing the awesomeness of God. I just started to really experience the, the, the glory of God, like how cool he was and how connected we all were, you know, regardless of income or age or all of those things. And so I then began to accept that invitation and really read and study the word and get involved in church, which really gave me that foundation. And quite frankly, praying, you know, and really realizing that God was not a religion. It wasn't a religion. It was a relationship. When did you experience him? My first encounter, I think, really with God was back in 2017. I was at this church and it was this pastor, a really good teaching pastor is what I would call, like really taught the Bible. Um, Dr. Dale C. Bronner and his church is called Word of Faith. And I remember my son was a couple years old and I was just really, you know, trying to like forge away from his dad and just really figure my stuff out and return back to school and all this stuff. And I remember there was this, pastor who was guest hosting long story short it was my first experience of that altar call kind of thing I went down there not knowing what to expect quite frankly because I was like now nah, I've seen this on tv and we gonna see if this really works okay? I was like let's just see what happens I always take that approach I'm like child this might be messy but I'm in you know so I went down to the altar and I was three rows back. He was coming and what we call like laying hands on people. You know, I was seeing people like passed out. And this guy, he was an African pastor. And so he had a very robust accent. I think he might've been from Uganda or even Nigeria, but I was just standing there praying, doing this, like not knowing what to do. I had already accepted Christ, but at that time I just really didn't have that relationship. But this encounter was like everything and he moved people out of the way he laid his hands on me he just hit me like this and I passed out and it was like my eyes were wide open I remember this clearly it was just white and 
you know the sensation when you're you're cold it's like you're in the movies and you get a little chill or somebody says something that makes you tear up and you get a chill that's what it felt like raging through my body all I know is is that two good old ladies church ladies they like picked me up sat me down and his church is really big like sat me down in one of the chairs and I was like jello. I lived like 15 minutes away and I don't remember getting home. I lived on the second floor. What we call that is kind of being like, you'll hear different stuff, but it's like slain in the spirit. Like, like God met you somewhere. And that was my first experience. Like I was like, okay, so that Benny Hinn stuff I saw on TV is some of that must be true. Cause I just experienced it. Cause I didn't, I, I, I didn't believe that part of it. I was like, bruh, like some, and to this day, I know some of it is not authentic, quite frankly, I'm going to call it what it is, but I experienced it for myself. And I knew that there was this different layer of faith that I needed to tap into. And so I started to do that work. I feel like envious of people that have that unshakable of a faith. There's people like that, even Jewishly that like without Mm. any question, they a hundred percent believe it's true. Yeah. I think it's because I just have never seen him fail. Like sometimes I'll even sense when I'm about to get a client. And I know that feels kind of spooky to some people, but I just know that when I feel and sense something, when God has promised that he's going to provide for me, I know that, right? I really think that it's simpler than we think. Unshakable faith comes with intense confidence and intense trust. And first, you have to trust yourself. You have to trust yourself that like you make good decisions and you can kind of guide yourself, right? Because then it's easy to trust God when he says he's going to do something. It's it's easier, I would say. And so if you've got a lot of self-doubt, a lot of confidence issues, you know, some of the women that I coach, that's really what we're coaching around is that something happened in their childhood, usually, that made them to stop trusting themselves. And so then they become untrusting of other people. And they certainly can't trust the God that they can't see and touch, right? And so it all can be traced together. And I think that once you do the work of unpacking why you don't have intense confidence in yourself and trusting of yourself, then it's easier to be like, if God said it, then it's happening. Like, Literally everything flows from that for me. You might hear the language of the law of attraction or pulling things in, manifesting, right? And the church people hate when you say that because they're like, you're not including God. And I'm like, you know what? I'm reading my Bible and this basically is the law of attraction. He says, speak it and declare. When Jesus died, he called us friends. He called us ambassadors. Think about that, ambassadors. That means you carry his brand. That means that he is invested in your success. He wants you to win. So you got to get out of your own way and decide whatever that is. When you get to that place, again, of knowing that you are an ambassador and knowing that you have a purpose here, it's going to look different than everybody else's. You can walk into that and just really start listening to those small voices like, you know, I'm not going to build a super funnel. I'm going to show up. I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to be really authentic. And I'm not going to be climbing some corporate ladder. I'm going to be at home homeschooling my kids, making sure that they're not busting in windows if another riot comes. 
hello. And I know that's unpopular, but let me tell you something. It matters, okay? It matters that you raise your children well, women, okay? And so I just come from that place of caring what other people think, but not more than what I think of myself, what God thinks of me, and what I think of God. That's really the only three opinions that matter to me. What if you could say whatever you freaking wanted and it was okay to say it? I mean, it would be awesome because hashtag cancel culture. I mean, you can't disagree with anybody. And I'm going to say this because I ain't scared, okay? <laughs> like, personally, I really like President Trump. I personally like him. I like alpha men and I like when people cut to the chase. I'm not talking about character. I'm not talking about delivery. I'm just talking about we're playing patty keg. You know, we don't just say truth triggers. We say, I can't afford a BMA. So I respect when people go right in and they're like, this may sting, but this is also the truth for you. Maybe you don't like it, but this is my truth and I'm going to speak it. There was a season last year and even it's still touch and go where if you say anything nice about President Trump in some circles, you're canceled. If you say, you know, no, I'm not going to say Monica, comma, she, he, b b z z z b p poo 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 pa then you're offending someone. And listen, I'm respecting everybody's story, right? Because I know that we all have a story, but the cancel culture that we're walking through right now is very toxic. And unfortunately, it's not okay for you to just say whatever you want. You have to know how you want to show up in the world. And that's why I don't talk about those things. I just move from a place of love. You come from a place of showing up, pouring your gifts and talents in, loving people, and you trust God to meet them where they are. And that's how I roll. Girl, you just keep being the bridge. That's it. Because you know what? That is everywhere. That's in the synagogues too. Right? The right. ones that are wearing the black and white and, and praying three times a day. And there is all kinds of stuff happening in that community too. There it is. If we really, and ooh, now I'm getting those chills because I just know, like I feel the presence of the Lord as I even say this. If we just would focus on the core simplicity of the message of what we really should be doing, like really love people. Like that's love the key. Them. Like it is love the key. Them. It yeah. is the key. Just love your haters too. Yeah. Listen, I love. I Wish them well, man. Wish them what? Bless them. I, I read on LinkedIn. You can turn day. a hater around. You can make a hater your biggest cheerleader. I'm telling you what. You know, whenever I post anything about like rowdy people, like I I posted, you know, a, a little bit ago, like how I love how Kanye West says I don't take advice from people less successful than me. People were so triggered by that. Like half people loved it and then people started to, you know, Kanye West is, you know, I don't think you can be subscribing yourself. Like, you know, I can learn from anybody. You know what? You know what? Learning from anybody is going to lead you to failure. Okay. You need to take advice from people who are at a place of success. Why are you wasting time taking advice from your mama and your cousin and all of them? They don't want to be a millionaire so they can leave a legacy. They don't want to be the first one to get a PhD or whatever it is that you're shooting for. So why are you taking their advice? And I stand firm, be dismissed. Like, listen, it's okay to scroll and not comment on everything. And 100%. Need, you know what I'm saying? And so this season is about who I be. And showing up authentically and being okay that that means some people are going to be pissed off, especially Christians. They love to comment on my stuff. I posted something recently on LinkedIn and I said, 
I can't think of anything more offensive to God than being something that you're not. A super Christian posted lies. They wrote lies, period. <laughs> lies, period. Sin is the most offensive thing to God. And I was like, this is the part where I could dice them up really good publicly. And then I went one, two, three, four. And I was like, I hear what they're saying. You know, they're religious. They're a Pharisee, right? The religious, checking the rules. Of course, sin is offensive to God. But isn't it true that when you sin, you are out of character, you are being something that you're not because your nature should be. So like, I can break this down to you. Don't let the cuteness and the jolliness fool you. I can break the word down. Okay. But we are but like, souls and our souls don't want to sin. Correct. Correct. And so it's just that nastiness of like, but you have, and I went, golly. And then I was like, why are people like that? And then I sat here and I took a deep breath and I was just like, I deleted her comment and that was it. I kept it moving. It happens to me quite frequently, but I'm willing to do that, Raina, because I know that my mission and my purpose is to tell my story and it is going to attract haters. Thank God for haters. Thank God, because I can't remember anybody who did anything epic in all of the world, Jesus Christ included, who didn't have haters. So thank God for the haters. You know what? If you're only getting pleasantries, then it's fluff. It is fluff and you're people pleasing. And my son, Jalen, who just turned 16 and he's on course to graduate this year at 16, he speaks Japanese and everything. And I tell him all the time, you are going to piss people off when you really start being who you be. Because here's the thing, so many of us are just people pleasing, that you operate from a place of people pleasing or putting up lots of walls because you're afraid of getting rejected either way. And that's not healthy because what you do is you really mask yourself for years and years and years until one day you just go off on somebody. And then people are like, what's wrong with Raina? Oh, she did change. No, Raina been rowdy. And Raina been scared and now she that finally did some work on herself and she gonna tell it like it is, right? And I see that a lot, you know, on LinkedIn or, and I keep talking about LinkedIn because that's primarily where I am and also where we met. But like people are just really regurgitating the same things over and over and over. Be strong enough to go against the grain. It's just like, everybody's like, you are enough. Be kind. You are enough. I, you know what I said? I said, no, you're not enough. You know why? Jesus. If you were enough, you wouldn't need a savior. You I, matter. I get, I, you matter. I, I absolutely subscribe to that. But honey, you cannot walk this life alone. And I don't care who trying to tell you differently. You cannot. There is a savior. His name is Jesus. And you will figure that out. But you are not enough. And be kind. Yes, absolutely. We should be kind. But there are some times you got to put bass in your voice. Okay? There are some times that you've got to stand and defend yourself and stand and defend your land, right, so to speak. And sometimes it requires an AK-47. So let's not make a society of betas, a society of people who don't want to say what they need to say and be who they need to be in season. Anger and rowdy, that's a natural emotion. And we're telling people to pipe down. Well, I say we need to turn up. We need to turn up for why we're here. Again, triggered by my father's death. We need to show up fully so that we meant something to someone. I don't care if it's the kids at the community center around the corner. I don't care if it's just 
you know, all these people who like to dress up in costumes who you're spreading joy and showing up authentically and consistently for, we need to be about our father's business. And that is advancing the kingdom. And you do that through your special talents, your special gifts, your calling, your mission, that secret superpower that only Raina has, that everybody in your circle is interviewed. They would have this one thing that is constantly threatened. That's how you live a legendary life. I feel like you are elevating your dad's soul and that he is breathing into your fire right now. So even though you feel like maybe he didn't live the legendary life that you would have wanted, you are elevating him right now. Mm, God, I've never thought about it that way. I've You're never his legacy. That oh, that felt good. You know, I remember the last conversation I had with my ex and I just told him, thank you. And you know, men don't like when you tell them thank you for breaking your heart honey but honey I had to do it I would try to be petty but it was right oh I love it listen I said I just want to thank you like I literally flew to another country to see him and meet him it was three years after our breakup and I said I just want to thank you like who I've become had you not broken my heart like I would have just been so like all about you and now I'm so all about God and it's allowed me to like transform lives and I just want to thank you and he was just like you know honey he ain't like it but I had to tell him because I needed to release that right like like thank you so much so when you are a good girl and you have done things right I know breakups are messy but walk out of things lovely and when you do things right trust me when I tell you they will get what is coming to you. You don't have to put that energy out. And so here we go, girl, 2021, this decade is just going to be so amazing. All I want to do is help people to know that they know why they were born. That's kind of what the purpose coach is about. I love it. Is there anything you want to ask my daddy? What advice would you give for women who have grown up without a dad in their life? Mm. How can they show up powerfully? Because I believe that dads are really important. What would you say to those girls who are healing from abandonment issues, so to speak, you know, from not having a father in their life? What would that sound like? That's a really great question. If you were not supposed to be here, you would have been promoted to heaven in your sleep last night, my friend. So today that you wake up and you're breathing, I don't care what faith you're from, what you believe. If you woke up today, there's something else for you to do on the earth. So get about your business of doing that in the earth so that we can all be blessed by your amazing love for fashion, your amazing podcasting, your gorgeous fire bouquets that you're known for. You matter. You matter so much so that somebody sent their son to die for you. And if that ain't the language for you, you matter to somebody, somebody needs what you got. So that's the message that I'm coming from. It's what the purpose coach is about. I believe that when people know why they're here on the earth, they move differently and they become indestructible. They become so powerful in the earth and we all benefit from it, right? We all benefit from it. So you need a whole freaking community. Like- (laughs) 
Where is your tribe? My community that's coming, I'm excited because coming up in the spring, I am going to go ahead and listen to that little voice inside of me and launch a podcast. It's going to be called The Rowdy Jesus Girl. And I just want to talk. I just want to talk all the day long about all the stuff that we've been believing, all the things that we need to live the immeasurable life. It's Ephesians 3.20. It's my life first. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, far above more than you could ever even imagine. It's the immeasurable life. Like God can do anything and he can do it bigger than you think when you tap into that. And so I want that to be the start of my community and I'm just gonna let it flow from there. There may be a Facebook group. So daddy, what did you think? What did you think of that fire? I think I'm gonna start it off by saying the answer to her question. What does a young lady do at any time in her life? What does it mean to lose your father? That's a biggie, but I got news for you. It's not easy for a man or a boy or a girl or a woman to lose their father. The family unit means a lot. And that's why it's so important that it stays together because it does have an enormous impact on a child or on a son or a daughter's life. No question about it. The answer is, she's got part of it, right? Is that you have to search your soul. You have to say, where do we come from? And God's presence is that rallying point, connecting point, beginning, end. Everything in your life that is touched by humans is exactly that, human. But there is something that's extraordinary or awesome out there and a force and a power that created this world and created our souls and created our being. And it's God. And getting connected to God as she is connected to God helps you pivot through any human transaction. That's the answer. But how do we meet all these different tests, these highs and lows that we go through in life? That's the freedom of choice. And we get that from God as well. That's why it's so important, as she mentioned in the Ten Commandments, that's related to humans, is to honor your father and your mother. They're not perfect, but that's where you come from. We're supposed to honor and respect God and the human form. Our father is God. You even said it yourself about a legacy that even though her father was not connected 100% to her while she was younger, the fact is that she has a chance to improve some of his shortcomings by being a better mother and a better parent and a better person herself. Her coaching is geared on helping people like herself that have gone through life where they hit a roadblock and she's trying to unblock that roadblock, not only in her own life, but in people's lives that she meets and that she can help people because she's been able to help herself. And if you don't and can't help yourself, you can't help anyone else. If you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. So the fact is, is that it's all self-fulfilling. How you improve yourself gives you the opportunity to help other people as well. How do you like them apples? Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. 
If you've enjoyed this episode of the Better Call Daddy Show, please feel free to review it at ratethispodcast.com slash bettercalldaddy. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. 